Hi everyone and welcome to the Feel Your Bowl podcast. Each week I'm going to bring you new episodes which will inspire you to jump out of your comfort zone and ditch society's expectations of what's normal. This podcast is designed for anyone who wants to fill up their bowl in all areas of their life, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually or emotionally. If you're finally ready to jump on the self-love train and opt out of what society expects of you, then you're in the right place. I want to bring you raw and honest conversations on mental health, relationships, navigating life in your 20s and healing your relationship with food, exercise and your body and lots more. Grab a coffee, turn the volume up and let's get started with today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and remember, what's the one thing you'll regret not doing when you're 80 years old? Now go do it. Hi everyone, welcome back to another podcast episode. I was supposed to go to the gym this morning and I didn't. I'm sat here recording a podcast episode instead. And I'm very, very happy with that choice. I woke up this morning, I had this whole gym session planned out. I usually do go to the gym on Tuesday mornings. It is part of my routine. And after waking up, I made my boyfriend breakfast. I had my coffee, uh, which is what I usually do. I'll have my coffee before going to the gym. And then I, I just wasn't feeling it. I I was sitting on my couch, I was looking outside, staring at the mountains as I usually do because I'm obsessed with where I live and I'm obsessed with the mountains and I just wasn't feeling like going to the gym and I knew that if I did go to the gym that this wasn't me, this wasn't me wanting to go, it was me forcing myself to go and it was my it was my exercise addiction, my previous thoughts that I had around exercise kind of creeping in and telling me I should be going to the gym because if I don't go to the gym, then I'm not going to feel good about myself today and it's going to dictate my mood for the day and I'm going to need to restrict food for the day because I have to go to the gym to earn food. And so I knocked all all of those thoughts down, like, no, like none of those thoughts are true. None of those thoughts are coming from fact. None of those thoughts have any science associated with them. And I knew that by challenging those thoughts, that is me overcoming those thoughts. And the more I challenge these types of thoughts, the more aligned I am with the life I want to be living and more aligned I am with the thoughts I want to be having. Because instead I will switch those thoughts around and tell myself, I do not need to go to the gym to earn food. I am deserving of food. My body deserves food no matter what. My body doesn't even deserve food. It is my body's goddamn right to eat food. So I switch those thoughts around and I I know whenever they're creeping in that that is the perfect time to start challenging them. So I said no to the gym. I knew that if I went to the gym, my head just wouldn't be in it. My my head wouldn't be in it. I wouldn't have a good session. So why do I want to put myself through a really, just a, a terrible session when I can give myself the day off today and go back tomorrow with a clearer and better mindset around movement? So that is what we're doing. We are listening to our body and we are not going to the gym when our body just doesn't feel like it. 
And I guess that brings me on to today's podcast episode topic. So today we are going to be talking about triggers and specifically triggers from your partner. But I guess this can relate to triggers from people that you live with as well. So it could be anyone that you live with. And I do want to put a trigger warning here because I am going to be talking about my triggers that have been showing up for me lately in detail. So if you are not in a place right now where you can listen to someone else's triggers, then I would suggest that maybe you stop listening to this podcast episode here and come back to it at a later date when you do feel like you are in a place where you can listen to what triggers someone else. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about what I do when those triggers show up and how I now handle those triggers. Because in the past, when a trigger showed up, it would it would cause me to go into emotional turmoil. I did not know how to cope with the triggers. I didn't even know they were triggers, to be honest. I didn't know, I, I, I wasn't aware enough to be able to label this thing that was happening. Oh, okay, that's a trigger oh, okay, going out for dinner and ordering a meal that is not cooked by myself, but cooked by someone else, that is a trigger for me. Going out for a meal and it's my birthday and a surprise birthday cake comes out and I feel like I have to eat that birthday cake, that is a trigger. And I didn't realize back then kind of what what these triggers were. But now as I've done the work and I'm very aware of all of the food fears and food rules that I had for myself, I'm now very aware of what these triggers are. So you can do all the healing in the world by yourself. But as soon as you are in a relationship or you have a a really close partnership with someone else, or again, maybe you're living with someone, maybe you're just living with family members, you can do all the healing on your own with your therapist, one-on-one with your coach. But then as soon as you are put in a situation where there are other people involved and you can start comparing yourself to other people and you are kind of watching those people around you that you live with, how they move in the world, how they respond around food, the things that they're saying, all of that healing that you have done on your own can only get you so far because you're not living this life on your own. You're not on your own 24-7. You have to interact with other people. You have to maybe live with other people. You have to see other people at work. You have to see other people in a coffee shop, in a restaurant. Like There are people all around you and it is so easy to get triggered by other people and how they act around food and how they talk about food and how they talk about exercise and how they talk about their own bodies. So you can do all the healing on your own, but... There is no healing like being triggered by someone that you live with or being triggered by a partner and being in a really close capacity with other people where they can bring up your triggers. And I like to see these triggers as learning lessons. I like to see them as something that is still happening deep inside of me there's still a belief deep inside of me there's still something that needs to be healed when this trigger occurs it is telling me is a it is a message to me 
if my body is reacting to that trigger, then that is a message from my body that that needs to be explored, that maybe I still need to do some sort of healing somewhere. And I'm deep into healing my relationship with food. I've probably been healing my relationship with food now for the last three years and still triggers are coming up for me. But that doesn't mean I'm spending every day in that past mindset when I when a trigger would come up and I would go into emotional turmoil and my nervous system would just be like up, down, up, down. And I would be incredibly stressed and anxious one minute and then find the next minute. Like it's not, it's not a roller coaster anymore. Like I have learned how to regulate my nervous system and kind of regulate my emotional state as well. So when these triggers do occur, I look at them as lessons instead of looking at them as something that is going to turn me into this emotional spiral. So, okay, let's get into it. So some of the triggers that have been showing up for me lately. So my boyfriend, since moving to Canada, he has got a new job and he completely switched careers. He is now working in construction. And so he is out of the house every single day and he is doing a lot of physical work every single day. So for someone who had an exercise addiction in the past, seeing him do physical work every single day is very triggering for me because it makes me feel like if he's doing this level of physical work, then I should be as well. It used to make me so jealous when I saw other people working out and I wasn't working out. It made me feel guilty. It made me feel like I should be exercising. If they're exercising, then I should be exercising. So this is something that's been really difficult for me, like seeing him do this really physical work while I'm not. I'm sat at my desk all day. I work from home, working at the computer. So it's been really difficult trying to switch my mindset around and tell myself it it doesn't matter my body is my body his body is his body and yes he's doing a lot of physical work every day but that doesn't change anything about my body that doesn't make me less worthy or my body less worthy or my body not good enough because of course him doing that physical work every day is also causing weight loss so he's been losing a lot of weight lately And again, that can be triggering for me as someone who tried for years and years and years to lose weight and was restricting food, was dieting, was trying everything that I possibly could in order to lose weight. It's very triggering when he he gets this new job in construction, he's doing his physical work every day and the weight just drops off of him without even trying. I say without even trying, I mean, he is doing (laughs) a lot of physical work, but that's not his intention. His intention isn't to lose weight. It's just kind of happening. So I guess there are kind of feelings of jealousy that comes up because I see him losing this weight and I get jealous and I'm like, well, why can't I lose that weight? Why can't I lose that amount of weight that easily? And then it makes me think, well, should I be doing more to lose weight? Like, what if he loses too much weight and then I end up being bigger than him? And I don't want that. And so I really have to question that. Why don't I want that? What is wrong with that? What is wrong with being bigger than your partner? At the end of the day, nothing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And there are many, many people in relationships where the female is maybe bigger than the male. And that is absolutely okay. 
And then lately, as the weather has started to warm up, so in the in the over the winter, he he was taking lunch into work, and he would always take like spaghetti bolognese, a curry, chili, like something hot because it was so cold throughout winter in Canada. He would want something hot, and he would he eats a lot. <laughs> he he really does eat a lot. So he would take this big lunch. He would always eat it all. He would come home, it'd be empty. Um, like the container that he took it in would be empty. And the weather is starting to warm up lately. It's getting much warmer. We're heading into spring, and it means that he doesn't really feel like eating a chili of course like when it's kind of 15 degrees outside he doesn't want a hot heavy meal so he's been taking sandwiches instead and then there's been a couple of occasions lately over the past past month or so where he hasn't been eating his lunch and he then wasn't eating much at dinner either so again very triggering for me I felt like I was eating more than him and I started to compare how much we were both eating every day and it was very hard for me to see that okay he hasn't been eating lunch or he hasn't eaten all of his lunch and it's just this small sandwich yet in my day I've kind of just sat at my desk all day and I've eaten a lot of food way more than what he has eaten so maybe I should be cutting back on my food I'm just sitting my desk he's doing a lot of physical work and he's not eating his lunch and then he's not really that hungry at dinner so isn't eating much and it started to make me think well maybe I should be cutting back on my food and for for a few weeks all of these thoughts were just really consuming me And I was trying so hard on my own to just regulate these thoughts and to change my mindset and to, you know, do all of of the things, all of the mindset work where you've got certain beliefs that are coming up for you, switching those beliefs into beliefs that you actually want to believe in. So that was what I was doing. I was really trying hard to change my mindset. And it got to a point where I just first like I just it was the day before my period came I remember it so well and I just literally like popped like everything that had been going on over the past month or so every thought that I was having just kind of came out and it was just like all this verbal diarrhea like just coming out my mouth and I had this whole conversation with him about it and honestly it made me feel so much better like just to get the words out, it made me feel so much better. And it just made me realize communication is just key because an eating disorder or disordered eating, it can really make you go in on yourself. It can, it can turn you against everyone around you. And it can make you believe that everyone around you is against you. And everyone around you is lying to you. And the eating disorder is the only thing that you can trust. And I know this, I know that in the past, I was very bad at communicating because the eating disorder is your way of communicating. For example, the trigger happens, you start restricting food, you start going internal, you start beating yourself up, you start telling yourself you should be restricting because they're not eating. And your eating disorder is it is trying to keep you safe. It is trying to keep you safe, but it's not doing it in the healthiest way. And the healthiest thing that you could do is use your words. Instead of using your eating disorder to communicate that you are feeling unsafe, you are feeling unworthy, you are feeling not good enough, you are feeling 
whatever it is that you're feeling, you're feeling guilty because you're not exercising and they are the, the person that's triggering you is exercising. Instead of using your eating disorders to communicate your feelings, you actually have to use your words. And the moment I told my partner this, oh my gosh, I felt so much better. You have no idea. It was just so nice to get the words out there. And we came up with a plan together. I told him what I needed. I needed to not hear about any hard work he had done that day. Basically, <laughs> I need like I'm not in a place right now where I can hear him talking about all of the kind of logs he was lifting up and like physical work that he was doing. Like I'm not in a place where I can hear all of that. And I'm not in a place where I can hear from him that he hasn't eaten his lunch. So we came up with kind of a plan on next steps and I told him what I needed and he absolutely supported it it was like absolutely like whatever you need like I will do and I think when you do decide that you want to communicate what is going on for you with someone do it with someone that you really trust do it with someone that you know is going to have your back and you know is going to support you and understands as well and to be honest my partner doesn't always understand he doesn't always understand what is going on inside my head but I explain it to him I explain kind of my entire thought process and when I explain that he takes a step back and he's like, ah, yeah, I never thought of it that way. And nothing he is doing is done intentionally. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Right. And so he comes in and he tells me, oh, I didn't have time for lunch. And then he doesn't eat dinner, but he doesn't know that that is triggering for me. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. So I have to tell him, I have to tell him these things. So then we can come up with an action plan on how we're going to move forward. So I'm not feeling as triggered by these things. And he is able to be a little bit more cautious about it and a little bit more just aware about it as well. It's spreading awareness around eating disorders and disordered eating because triggers can come up in very bizarre ways and you could be three years down the line like me healing your relationship with food and a trigger will come up and you wouldn't have even you couldn't have guessed it you wouldn't have known that it was going to come up and so I really have to keep reminding myself we are on very different journeys my my boyfriend and I were on very different journeys and when I do feel myself feeling triggered by the fact he is exercising every single day, doing really hard physical work every single day, losing weight, I have to ask myself, will restricting food fix what I am currently feeling? Will restricting food fix this feeling I currently have? And I can't answer for you, but I know for me, no, restricting food will not fix anything. It will leave me feeling miserable. It will leave me feeling worse than what I do to begin with in the long run. Restricting food for me, it's not the answer. And I don't want to communicate through restricting food. I want to communicate my feelings through my words. And I have to keep reminding myself that his body changing does not make my body any less worthy. And it does not make my body any less enough. My body is still worthy and my body is still enough, regardless of what his body looks like. And he like think of why people love you. Like why do the people in your life love you? They do not love you for your body. He does not love me purely for my body. There is so much more to you than just your body. 
I think you are doing yourself a disservice if you think that the people in your life only like you for your body. Your purpose on this planet, it goes way beyond your appearance. So be kind to yourself, be kind to yourself and just keep reminding yourself you are on different paths and different journeys to that other person that you are potentially feeling triggered by. Whatever they do, it has nothing to do with you. All you want to worry about, all you want to focus on is you and your own internal happiness. And something I keep doing lately, because my boyfriend does have such a healthy relationship with food and his body and exercise as well, I I observe his behaviors like and I question him like I question his thought patterns I question what goes through his mind when he decides to eat an entire pack of biscuits on a, a Tuesday night and it's not a binge it, he just he eats a lot pretty much he's just he's hungry and he eats a lot I'm like what goes what goes through your mind like do you beat yourself up do you feel guilty and he's like no why would I do that (laughs) why why would I feel guilty for kind of eating and it's just really interesting to observe the behavior or the behaviors of someone that does have a really healthy relationship with food because his mood is not dependent on food. His mood is not dependent on exercise. He doesn't stress about food. He doesn't stress about his body. He really just has this normal and healthy relationship with food because an eating disorder, diet culture, disordered eating, it can blind you a lot of the time. It can blind you and it can make you question what even is a healthy relationship with food? Like, what even is that? And so to really question someone that does have a healthy relationship with food can really open your eyes and and help you see their thought pattern when they are eating. So if you do have someone in your life that you know has a very, very healthy relationship with food, maybe it might help you to kind of question their thoughts around food and exercise and their body and question kind of the thoughts that they have before they eat, during eating, after eating, like what goes on for them? Interview them, (laughs) interview them, observe them. And it can really open your eyes to what is possible for you because it is absolutely possible to have the healthy relationship with food that you are dreaming about. It is so possible, but it does, it it takes work. It, It really does. Like I said, I'm three years into my journey and these triggers are coming up for me. But the difference between now and then is that in the past, these triggers would have led me into this emotional turmoil. I would have got angry. I would have got frustrated. I would have started to restrict food. I would have reacted instead of taking a step back and then responding sensibly. I would have just reacted in the the only way I knew how, which was restricting food. Whereas now I have learned all the tools. I have managed to regulate my nervous system. I have better emotional regulation now. And so when these triggers occur, I know that they are lessons. I know that it is a message from my body that there is still some belief stuck inside of me that needs to be challenged. And I'm ready to challenge it. I'm ready to challenge any trigger that comes up. I don't know if next year, a different trigger is going to come up. Maybe it will. But I know that I am now in a place where I can deal with that trigger from a healthy place. I can deal with that trigger from a healthy mindset. And that is what is important. 
like maybe a trigger comes up for you in two years time. You don't know. You don't know what is going to happen in two years time. And healing your relationship with food, your body, exercise, it doesn't mean that you are never going to be triggered again. Like we are human, we crave connection. And with that connection with other humans can come triggers. So the goal is to get to that healthy mindset, that place where you can deal with those triggers from a rational mindset. Okay, so I am going to leave the podcast episode there. If you related to anything in this podcast episode, if anything came up for you, a light bulb moment, or it helped you in any way, please send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram name is at fillyourbowl underscore (laughs) don't forget the underscore and leave me a review a review will really really help push the podcast out there so it can reach other people and help more people to heal their relationship with food and exercise in their body so thank you so much for listening i really do appreciate you being here and i will see you next week for another podcast episode bye